another episode of the Reef Lords Pod Academy. This is episode number 12, which means that it's our one-year birthday today. Um, so Yay. that's very good. Hello, Dora Lou. How are you? Hi, David. I'm always well. Yourself? Yeah, I can't complain. So one year, who would have thought, eh? Yes, yeah, see, time really fly. And uh, I think, you know, Reef Lords Pod Academy is still a baby, uh, but I think it's growing really, really nicely with a lot of content covered in the past year, the past 11 episodes. And of course, we've, I think we've been powered thousands of first time uh, home buyers, which is very exciting for us. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got another guest speaker today, um, uh, Angela Ngano, um, and she's going to be talking to us about uh, on uh, her insights on buying a leased property, which uh, is something that I just mentioned to Dora earlier before we started uh, actually recording this episode uh, that I'm going through right now. So some of this stuff is going to be very relevant to me as well. So hello and welcome, Angela. Hi, David. How are you? I am exceptionally well, thank you. Um, always, always good and even better when I get to chat to uh, the guys from Reef Lords. So now we're talking today about buying a leased property. Um, so, so tell me, what, is that, what does that mean? Because suddenly, you know, you, you guys bring in these new terms. What, if you want to buy a leased property, talk to me about that. Okay. Uh, buying a leased property means that you are buying a property that already has a tenant in place with a lease agreement that was signed before the sale took place. Okay. So this is relevant to my situation because the complex that I'm currently living in, um, I suddenly saw big for sale signs up outside and they were they had a show house there and they were going, own your own little piece of paradise, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, hang on a second. Um, but nobody's told me about this. Um, so I'm a tenant. So we're going to talk about if you're going to buy a property. So if somebody was buying my 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 the property that I'm leasing. What does that involve? Because there's this old South African saying, Hier gaat voor koop, um, which basically means, if I translate it, it means uh, the lease comes before the sale. So give us some clarity on there. Okay. So the principle basically means that um, if a lease was signed and concluded before the property was legally sold, the lease agreement will survive the sale. So, which means that uh, the new owner becomes the landlord until the lease agreement has run its course. So that means that the tenant in place will not be affected by the sale um, as far as the lease agreement is concerned. So the terms of the lease agreement will still remain and nothing will change. So um, as the new owner buying a, a a property with a tenant, it means that you must honor the existing terms and conditions of the lease agreement. He says breathing out. So that means they're not going to kick me out tomorrow, which is, which is good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in other words, I've got a, let's say I've got a, uh, my, my agreement runs until the end of the year, but people are, are selling the property. Now somebody buys it, they become my new landlord. And then, 
they have to honor my existing contract right up until the end of my contract period in which and at which time they can say right um, we don't want to renew the contract with you yes uh, usually the existing terms cannot be changed unless if you as the tenant and the landlord sit down and agree in writing to change some of the terms of the lease agreement oh okay all right now some some advice there from from reflords would you advise advise us to to do this sit down and ask um if we're going to be buying a, a property let's say i want to buy a property from you guys in one of your developments um should i come to you and say listen is this a tenanted property yes it's important to find out if the property is tenanted and if the answer is yes that the property is tenanted then you should there are key things that you should look out for if you are buying a tenanted apartment so uh firstly you should then request for the lease agreement thoroughly go through the lease agreement and the things that you should look out for in the on the lease agreement should be the lease period you should check uh whether it's a fixed lease or it's a month to month lease when is the lease going to expire what are the conditions after expiry of the lease is it going to be a month to month after expiry or you can sign a new lease after date of expiry okay that that makes that makes sense would we also be worried about things like a cancellation policy uh, and things like that yes so on the lease agreement you should also look out for the cancellation policy which is very important uh, for you to know because some lease agreements have penalties for example for early cancellation you might forfeit your deposit or the tenant has to pay uh 3 months rent to cover the losses if they cancel the lease agreement early another important factor that you should look out for on the lease agreement is the deposit amount how much deposit was paid by the tenant how is it splitted is there rent deposit is there a key deposit is there an interest and on the deposit ideally there should be interest and on the deposit so you should then request for a statement from the seller to show how much how much interest has been earned on the deposit so that you know how much you have to refund the tenant upon vacating the property Okay so so if I'm going to buy a tenanted property um and I buy it from from an existing uh, property developer uh they not when I buy it I automatically become responsible for paying that um uh, rental uh, the the deposit amount back so for example if I bought something from Reflords and I bought a tenanted property um I would become liable to pay the rental deposit back not Reflords Yes, after transfer. So after transfer when the property is now registered in your name, Reflords as the seller will have to send you the deposit, the full amount of the deposit as per the lease agreement plus the interest that is earned on the deposit. So since you become the landlord after transfer, which means now that you will be the one responsible to then refund the tenant upon vacating the property. 
Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, to my mind, though, Angela, it, it seems like if you're going to buy a property um, and you could be an investor, maybe a first-time investor, that if you buy a property that already has a tenant in it, that's a good thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. Talk, talk to me about why it's a good thing, though. Because in my brain, it's, it's a good thing, but I, I want to know the ins and outs. Yes. Um, the advantage, the benefit of taking over a leased property is that there is a proven tenant payment history, which you can verify with the seller. So you can request for the tenant statement so that you can be able to check for the tenant's payment patterns. So you already know whether this tenant is a good uh, uh, paying tenant. Do they pay on time? Do, you, do they have a good track uh, record? So you can see the tenant's payment history and credibility. And you may, at least you can ensure that you don't end up with a non-paying tenant. Okay, so so my, my initial idea was right. It does because then there's no there's no none of this hassle of you have to go to sort of go through screening and placing tenants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You've got one there. Hopefully, they're a great a great payer. Uh, so it is in your interest then as the new landlord to to kind of keep them there. Um, what about though when you're buying a tenanted property, um, finding out a little bit more about your tenants, going digging a little deeper? Is that something you'd recommend? Yes, I would recommend that as well, because if you're buying a tenanted property, you also have the advantage that you can find out about the tenant's reputation from the seller or from the estate manager. They can get that record for you from the estate manager. So you can be able to find out the tenant's reputation within the complex. Do they have any fines? Are they noisy people? Do they give problems to other residents in the complex? Because if you have that information, then you know whether you'll be getting fines because the fines come directly to you as the landlord, as the owner of the property. They are included in your levies. So, ah. if, yes. so if you then know what kind of tenants you're going to be taking over, it shields you from that as well. Yes, you can pay the fine to the body corporate and try and recover it from the tenant, but it can be a challenge because they can say, we didn't make that much noise. I'm just, as, as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking to myself, I am like the perfect tenant. I make no noise, don't fight with the neighbors. Most nights the, the lights are out and everybody's in bed by like eight o'clock, half past eight. Sure, people should pay extra to have me as a tenant, I promise <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. There is a type of tenants that you know all landlords dream about. <laughs> uh, uh, while we're talking about this, um, is it a good idea to to now that you've bought this property uh, to to sort of introduce yourself to your to your tenants and and sort of build a, a kind of relationship? Yes, uh, it's often overlooked but it is a very good idea to ask the seller to introduce you to the tenant so that you can build that rapport with your tenants to ensure a smooth transition between uh, the new landlord and the seller on transfer of the property. So uh, it's, it's a best practice because it can then uh, help you as the new landlord and the tenant to have a good relationship from the start. 
Uh, David, if I can uh, interject here, remember yeah. in our sixth episode, we talked about how to screen your tenant. And one of the topic was about how to build relationship between yourself and the tenant, right? Yes. Yes. And then I've, I felt the communication is still the key here. Um, now, in earlier this episode, you were mentioning that your landlord never even informed you guys that the property is now on sale. And that alone is causing confusion as well as uh, misunderstanding going forward. And you are left in the dark. You don't know what to expect or what what is coming your way. Um, if we are not doing this episode, probably you still have a lot of questions in your mind, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I would have because... We just got it. We just got an SMS from them the other day saying um, all units re require a certificate of compliance. Uh, please make yourself available for the electricians to do the inspection. And I was like, "What are you lot going on about?" You know, I thought yeah. that everything was cool. Um, so yeah, you know, and and let's get back to to this communication thing a little bit because. Yeah, from a tenant's perspective, I'd love to know that that the property has been sold. I'd love to meet the new landlord. And I think for a landlord, it would be important as well to come and do um, an inspection. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I agree with both you and Dora that communication is key. Good communication is key for the survival of any relationship. So if from the start you try and build that good relationship with your tenant, try and discuss uh, future expectations with the tenant, find out whether they want to renew, are they going to stay there for a long time, or they are also shopping around for something. That also helps in planning for both you and the tenant. Then you would know if this tenant is here to stay, especially if you are, you are buying for investment. So you would like to know if this person is going to stay for a while, should I start looking for somebody else already? Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, if they came and asked me, I would say to them, I'm, I'm not thinking of renewing my lease at all at this stage. Um, so they would then get some time to plan. All right. So now I've now, I'm, a, I'm an investor. I've now brought, I've now bought rather the property and I've taken ownership. Now what? Okay, um, just to go back a little bit uh, where we talked about is it important to, to, to know about the current tenant as well. I just wanted to touch on uh, inspection. That, oh, um, no. Yes, that um, it is important as well to inspect the property, to go and see if everything um, is okay in the units just to also have an idea of what kind of tenant is in the unit. Is it someone who reports a problem? If there's an issue, do they report about it immediately or they don't? You have an idea of then what type of a person you, you are going to take over. Yeah, because I could imagine if you, you, you sort of just bought from like the little sales office and they said to you, all the, all the units are the same. Uh, yeah, you can get this unit. Um, and you have, a, you have a look at the demo unit and you say, fantastic. And then when you walk into your, your new unit, you find that the uh, tenants there have trashed the place. That would not be fun. Okay. So yeah. very, very important. Do that. Do not forget to do that. So now I'm all excited, okay? I have taken ownership and I've got a tenant that's living there. 
and I'm making money from day one. Um, what's next? Okay, at that moment, you'll be so excited <laughs> that you are now receiving rental from day one because uh, the other benefit of purchasing a tenanted unit is that you start earning in rental income from the date of registration, even if it's during the month, you'll be prorated from date of registration. So you will receive the rental income from your seller, including the deposit plus the interest as well as per the lease agreement. So you need to ensure that the rental income that's sent to you and the deposit is per the lease agreement. So it's also important to know that the risk as well pass to you on date of registration. So if there are any repairs from that date, then you are the one responsible for maintenance. Uh, also, another important thing to note is that from date of registration, the seller is no longer part of uh, the agreement, the lease agreement between you, between the tenant and you. Like we said from the beginning, that um, from date of registration, you take over the lease agreement as the new landlord, as the lessor on the lease agreement. So you will sign a session agreement from your seller, which will be the passing of their rights from them to you. So automatically you are in charge of the collection of rent, you are in charge of the management of the tenant. Now, if there are issues in the property, the tenant is reporting directly to you, the estate manager as well is reporting directly to you. So all issues related to the apartment, the property that you have purchased are now being handled by you as the new landlord. Okay. But now you, you, you mentioned something important there. So, so you're going to get the first month's rental when it's due, obviously, and you're going to get the deposit. But that's not actually your money, is it? Yes, so a friendly reminder from the Reflots team is that when you receive that deposit amount, as per the lease agreement, it is important to check that the amount you got is per the lease agreement. You should also remember that it is not your own money. So you should put it in an interest-bearing account because that money is for the tenant payable to them upon vacating the property. Mm, and I suppose this is this would be when, when like an agent, a rental agent would, would come in quite handy, hey? Yes, some landlords uh, prefer to appoint rental agents and some prefer to do it on their own. So if you have appointed your own rental agent, um, the rental agent usually holds the deposit in a trust account to protect the tenant. And usually on vacation of the property, the rental agent produces a statement to the uh, uh, tenant to show them how much interest has been earned from the date they received the deposit. Mm, okay. Wow. You know what? We, we're running out of time here, ladies, but this is, this is such an important topic. Um, Dora, I know we haven't managed to dig into everything. Even I still have some questions. Um, this is a summary. What do we do if we want more? Well, look, I, I think it's only a very short summary, just like you said, of um, 
what to look out for when buying a tenanted property. And it's extremely important to familiarize yourself with uh, the legalities uh, in place. So if needed be, we can do another episode just to focus on buying a tenanted property. Or if you would like to ask very personal or, you know, very um, uh, close-up questions, uh, we can... We, we're gladly to receive your questions via email uh, or if you can post it on our Facebook page, that's also welcome. Um, and yeah, we, we will gladly answer any question um, that's property related. And even, you know, even if it's not uh, about buying a tenanted un unit, uh, anything on property related, please uh, drop us an email on Catherine at reeflords.co.za or post on our Facebook page, Reeflords Property Development. It's such uh, a wonderful... Sorry, yeah. Dora. It's, it's such a wonderful opportunity that you're giving people and, and giving back by saying, listen... We're in this business. We are the professionals and we're willing to help. So I think that's brilliant. That email address again is Catherine at reeflords.co.za. Sorry, Dora, back to you. Oh, yeah. Um, interestingly, previously on the 11th episode, we were talking about your role uh, in the body corporate and we received a couple of questions. The one question that we would like to answer was to um, a question that a customer was asking. What do you do when the security guards let in general workers without codes and not let in her family and friends into the complex without the code. <laughs> so basically, they feeling that uh, they were not protected right, by the complex rules. So what I would like to um, delve a little deeper is to advise the, the, the customer to first ask whether the workers that they let in are working on common property with the complex. If they're working with uh, on a common uh, property issue, they are allowed in with estate manager's approval. They don't have to necessarily get the code from any owner because it's a common property. So the estate manager can get a go ahead and um, and uh, give a go ahead to the workers, right? Without prejudicing other rules of the complex. Now, on the other hand, if they need to work within your specific unit, you as the owner needs to obviously um, carry out the whole security measures, right? The security measures need to be in place. And that's why it's important to communicate with your state management regarding these issues and hear their responses. So you will evaluate whether these responses that you receive from them is quite reasonable. If it's not reasonable, then it must be addressed with the managing agent and the board of trustees. And that is exactly where your role in the body corporate is. Uh, to address ah. and to, to raise your voice. Yeah. You know, I actually had a very similar problem where we stay because it's, it's a secure complex as well. Um, and our um, domestic worker, uh, they require a code to come in. Um, and that code obviously lets them in and out. And I then get a notification on my phone to say, okay, they arrived at such and such a time. 
and they departed at such and such a time. But we went through a stage where the security guards were just letting the people in without even having to put the code in. And I, I did exactly what you've just suggested now. I went to the managing agent and I said, listen, um, this is obviously here for, for a reason and a purpose, but it's not the, the, the process, the policies and procedures are not being followed. Can you please look into it? And they did. You know, so I think that's brilliant, but very, very important. And, and, and yeah, because the last thing you want, you're living in a secure complex. You don't really want people you don't know wandering around there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Security is a real issue in, in, in the country, you know, and as the owner, you share common interest in the complex. So it's not just for yourself, but for your neighbors as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it does bring us to the end of this episode. Angela, thank you so much for joining us and, and for sharing uh, that wealth of knowledge with us. Um, I'm sure you're going to get some questions passed on to you in the in the coming weeks. Uh, Dora, thank you as always as well. Uh, once again, if you've got any property-related questions, uh, you can just mail Catherine, that's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, Catherine, at reeflords.co.com. ZA. Or you can just post it on your, your on the Reflords uh, Facebook page, Reflords Property Development. So there we go. Thank you, ladies. Have yourself a fantastic day, and we'll chat to you again very soon, no doubt. Thank you, David. You too. Thank you, David. Have a good day. Thank there you, there Angela. Go. Wraps Thank up you, the Reflords uh, Pod Academy, episode 12, celebrating our first birthday. I'm so happy about that. Anyway, brought to you by Reflords. Think home, think Reflords. To each and every one of you, look after yourselves. Take care and thank you for listening.